calling all overwhelmed coaching and service-based entrepreneurs. Are you struggling with working in and on all the things when it comes to your business? Delegating projects to your team, struggling with apps, tools, and programs that are supposed to make you feel more productive? You are not alone. We have created this podcast for you. Tune in each week to hear how you can create structure within your business, learn when it's time to hire a team, and be the fly on the wall for the episodes when we talk with other entrepreneurs who were in this same situation, but worked through it with the help of a team. Welcome to the Business Managers Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Business Managers Podcast. We are back this week with another episode, and we have another guest in the house today. We have Ashley Sang. She is based in central Illinois with a background in anthropology and a penchant for travel. Through Ashley Sang Consulting, she uses the power of words to help purpose-driven founders discover and share their message so they can grow their impact and their business. Before doing brand messaging strategy and consulting, she worked with a variety of nonprofit organizations, including a human rights education NGO in Senegal and a local branch of Habitat for Humanity. Ashley is passionate about small personal changes anyone can make to improve the environment and other people's lives. Ashley, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you. We do have lots to talk about because... Melissa and I worked on a project once for Habitat and Humanity, and it was Habitat for Humanity. And it was one of the, I think, the best things that we did post-corporate America, short of uh, launching our business. We had such a good time helping the local family build their house. So I love that you worked in that as well. Yeah, I only ever went out on one build site. Uh, I was definitely an office behind the keyboard sort of (laughs) helper, but it was really special to at least that one time get out and hammer some things. I think we were like gluing some things, uh, whatever they told me to do. That's what, that's what we did. I was just happy because I got to use a uh, nail gun and we got to put up the walls, like the upstairs walls, like on the second floor, the ones that would eventually hold the roof. Yeah, that was fun. Like that's pretty fantastic. And it was an all woman group because we went with a, an all women networking group for, uh, I think it was during the women's week. Cause I think sometimes like once a year they do a women's week. So that was pretty empowering that a community of women could do that themselves. Yeah. And it's amazing how many moving parts there are to building a house, but also how anyone like us can can do it, you know, with the right guidance. It's kind of like building a business in that, like, you don't really know what goes into it, but somehow it all magically comes together, especially if you have any sort of, you know, direction to guide you. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) If you have the right team, you can do anything, right? Team and tools, team and Mm -hmm. tools. So tell us sort of how you got started and how you, your journey to how you got to where you are now and how you serve your clients now. I was always sort of a do-gooder and I didn't really know what I wanted to make of that in my career, but I've also always been ambitious. So even though I didn't have a clear vision, I was like, all right, let's do all the things, try all the things and figure it out sort of by trial and error. And I'm a firm believer in knowing what you don't like in order to figure out what you do like. So I found my way to Senegal, as you mentioned, in West Africa. I had met my now husband 
when I was studying abroad and I was like, all right, I have to find a job in Senegal so we can give this a go. And I ended up living there for four years and I learned so much about donor relations and internal communications. And I started as the assistant to the CEO. And so I learned I was in the room with the C-suite and with country directors and with really high net worth donors. So it was a really unique opportunity straight out of college. And I, again, sort of eventually found my way from that position to the communications department. And I learned Twitter for that job and oh, wow. uh, going back, going back yeah. <laughs> and video production and, and all, I mean, I, did, I wasn't producing videos, but I was working with people who were producing videos and I, I just, it was a lot of skill building and a lot of learning about myself while I was there too. And so when my, when my husband finally got his green card, we moved to the States and sort of accidentally ended up in my hometown. We imagined we'd be in DC or New York because those are international development mm. hubs, plenty of immigrants, but I was kind of burnt out on international development. I was feeling a little bit disconnected from the people we were serving because I was in this headquarters where we were speaking French and English and all of the programs were done in the field in local languages. And I wasn't deeply connected with the people that we were serving. So that's when I thought, all right, maybe I will try a local nonprofit. And I really enjoyed my work with Habitat. I was doing lots of community building, lots of social media management, uh, just getting brand awareness, essentially. And all the while, even before we had moved to the States, I was freelancing on the side because I wasn't sure when we were going to be allowed to move. Mm. And I kept freelancing even when we were in the States because I really liked the diversity of workload and clients. And it was really exciting and challenging for me. And it was really nice to have some supplemental income because nonprofits historically do not pay awesome. So (laughs) my local branch was quite small um, of Habitat. So I had already gotten a a promotion and I just was like, there's nowhere up to go. Mm. I'm going to make the leap and pursue this freelance thing full time. And I didn't realize that freelancing on the side and running a business full time are two completely different things. I quickly learned that. And I quickly fell in love with it, despite how frustrating and challenging and all the mindset things that come up with running a business. I can't look back now, you know, like there's, there's no turning back now. So even my business has evolved in the last three years from lots of done for you work. I was doing lots of content creation, lots of copywriting, all the sort of collateral that people needed to run their small businesses or nonprofits. And the more strategy work I did, the more I realized this is what I love to do. This is where the impact is. And so I've shifted who I work with instead of just sort of generally small businesses and nonprofits. I really like to work with visionary founders. Mm. They have such a clear vision in their heads of where they want to go, what they're building, but it's not always clear to the people that they're trying to serve. And so I come in and I distill all those ideas and make it really, really clear for the founder, if there was any lack of clarity, their teams, if they have one, and especially their audience. And my favorite way to do that is through brand messaging strategy. So that is what I focus on now. 
Yeah, we tend to work a lot with visionary founders, not even on purpose, but <laughs> yeah, they're 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 fun to work with because they do have all the ideas and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's great to to hear what they want to do with their business and we sort of help corral them a little bit to mm-hmm. to make it work. The oh, idea sorry. alone isn't enough, right? You have to be able to implement it. You have to be able to communicate it. You have to be able to make it a reality. So that's where service providers like us come in and we make that impact possible, which is yeah. super special. Yeah. I was going to ask, do you think that you're a visionary? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I. this has come up with um, coaches in the past and I don't identify as a visionary, although when I really, really think about it, I feel like all entrepreneurs have to be, right? Because we we literally create something from nothing. So I don't picture myself as the visionary of like, I am going to build something that will give jobs to hundreds of women in this underserved community. Uh, I, I don't have that type of vision, but I visionary enough to be able to see other people's vision, to be able to help them realize their impact. Uh, so I, I have the sort of visionary gene, but I temper it with some realism that <laughs> brings it down to earth and, and makes it more tangible and more possible. Uh, at least that's how I, I hope to operate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you hit that the nail on the head. You have to have some sort of visionary in you to be an entrepreneur, but you also need that, you know, that other, those other pieces to make it all come together to form a nice, successful business. So one of the other things that you mentioned was values-based Mm decision-making. Do you want to talk to us a little bit more about that and how that comes into play with your business? Yeah, definitely. So my entire approach to business, especially brand messaging, is audience in one camp and values in the other. And really that intersection is where all the magic happens, where all the sales happens, where all the impact happens. So for values-based decision-making, I love to take these lofty ideas like visions, right? Like what do you stand for in your business? Um, I like to say that you need to stand for something in order to stand out. It's that aligned visibility that is able to help you show up consistently and with clarity. So once you nail down those values, whether it's accessibility, whether it's transparency, whether it is freedom for you and your clients, you know, like whatever it is, there is no good or bad value. It's how you live it out and how you apply it that actually matters. So once you have those values, that can be your filter, that can be your lens for every single decision in your business. So obviously it shows up in your marketing, the things you talk about, your brand voice, even the way you talk about your products or services, the way you talk to your audience, even little things like your signature line. What can your signature convey about you? In mine, it says 1% for the planet, for the planet member. So I don't have to say, I care so much about the environment. I just say, hey, in my email signature, I'm a 1% for the planet member. And if someone recognizes that, or if they're curious about it, they can find out what that means. And they'll understand something about my values by seeing that. Yeah. Some people put quotes in it. Sometimes it's the way you sign off your email, right? So it can be little things like that or big things like, your about page should absolutely not only 
talk about your values, but convey your values, right? Every single page on your entire website should be showing what you stand for in order for you to stand out, right? And then the sort of less obvious ways that you can make decisions based on your values are operationally. If, for example, you are a product-based business, or even if you're a service-based business that sends out merch um, or gifts to clients, think about your packaging. Mm. So, for example, uh, I love to shop with packed apparel. It's fair trade, it's organic cotton, but they package their items in plastic. And that has been bothering me since I started shopping with them for years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just really misaligned, in my opinion, Mm. with their values. But affordability is also, I imagine, one of their values. That's one of the reasons I shop with them. And so maybe it is somehow more affordable for them to be packaging it in plastic. And that's like one of the prices you pay in exchange for this organic fair trade cotton item sort of thing. So your packaging can be a really important um, way to convey your values without saying anything, right? Mm -hmm. Or for example, if you're hiring someone, they should absolutely be on board with your values. They should absolutely be able to contribute toward your values. They should understand your audience's values. It should really be aligned in that way because if they don't understand what you're building, it's not going to be a good fit and it's going to be a waste of time for you and them. And so hiring is really important. Um, Even something like pricing, this is huge, right? And it's so difficult for so many of us, myself included. So if you approach pricing through the lens of your values, it makes it at least a little bit easier. Again, if accessibility is really important to you, maybe you have a sliding scale. Maybe you have lower tier offers. Um, Even though you love one-on-one high touch work, maybe you have lower tier offers for the people who simply cannot afford it. You still wanna help them in some way. You still wanna move their business forward in some way. And so all of these marketing and operational decisions are really, really, if they're rooted in your values, it's so much easier to say a quick yes or a quick no to any opportunity or challenge that comes your way. I agree. I, I First of all, that's amazing. I've never Absolutely. heard someone like really explain it so well. And even as a entrepreneur, we have so many different tools that we have to use, whether it's a CRM, your email marketing tool, And people will base their opinions on what tools they want to use based on the company that they're going to support, whether it's women owned or, you know, minority owned or whatever, you know, they, they keep that in mind, which I'd love to see as well. And it's not just the things that people see, like you said, it's also the stuff behind the scenes and the operations that any, and like you said, who you hire, you know, you, if you want to support people that are in urban areas that the unemployment rates are very low. Uh, we live in a city like that, that, you know, we went through this business program um, last year. It was like an incubator. And that was, they helped us kind of suss that out on what our values were going to be with hiring. And, you know, we would love to hire people from the cities that have high unemployment rates, people that can't find jobs, blah, 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 not blah, 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 but, you know, for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> So I love seeing that. And we actually went through the program with someone that he based all of his 
tool decisions on women-owned businesses. And it was awesome to see. So I love hearing that. And and this always comes back because I, I did do a lot of work in social media, even on your own personal social media, to have that carry over. Because especially in this time of cancel culture, you know, mm-hmm. not to get political or anything, so much can can happen just to put everything through that filter, right? Yeah. So, and I think that's something that people are coming to expect from businesses is Mm -hmm. that they do stand for something. And not only that they say it on social media, but that they back it up in their operations. A lot of statements have been made, you know, given um, a particular heritage month or a, a current event or anything that happens in the media some brands, especially the big corporations, just jump on it and, and oh, yes, we stand with this. But then um, their employees will come out and say, we're not supported in any way. We're part of this community and we're not supported in any way. Or uh, reports will come out and you say that you want to support mini- minority business owners and yet none of the products you sell are minority owned. Yeah, that is a misalignment and consumers mm-hmm. will find that and will yes. see that and will call you out. Right. So um, whether you have a tiny solopreneur business or are part of a very large organization, um, it is not enough to take a stand. You have to actually back it up with your actions. Um, and then it, it seemed like you might have also been asking about sort of like your personal brand yeah. versus your business brand. And again, this also depends on like the type of business you have, but more and more, they are getting mushed together. (laughs) So um, for sure, for solopreneurs, small agencies, uh, small businesses, your personal brand is absolutely important because someone might associate the brand with you rather than the business, um, either because they know you personally or they, they, um, you know, heard you on a podcast or saw you speak at a conference or something like that. And they follow your personal brand. There should be synergy at the very least. You can have different personal values from your business values. You can have a different personal mission from your business mission. They can be separate. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't have to be, you know, I am my business necessarily, but there should be alignment. You are a spokesperson. And if any of your team members or partners or affiliations that you're part of are misaligned, then that will cause a problem. And that's why we hear of people getting fired for doing X, Y, or Z in their personal life because it's against company policy, right? Um, So especially for smaller solopreneur or just smaller service provider brands, um, it is important to really just live out your values. If you're going to, if you're going to commit to something in your business, it should feel good personally too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It should automatically align. Yeah. Yeah, and, And you mentioned this earlier, like knowing what you like to do and what you don't like to do, like those are super important, um, going, I mean, along with the, all the, what do you stand for? Like, you know what you stand for. So if you don't agree with somebody else that stands for something else, why would you choose to do business with them? Right. And I mean, that's the beauty of Mm. 
having so many options, right? right? So you might think of it as, oh, the market is oversaturated. There is so much competition, right? Which is true, uh, no matter what market you're in. Um, and that is the value of a niche, right? Like the more specific you are, at least the, the fewer competitors there are. But at the same time, it's a beautiful thing that you have control over who you work with and people who are seeking out whatever you have to offer have the option to find the best fit for them. And it's it's going to fit best when those values are aligned. Of course, you need to solve their problem. Of course, you need to deliver on what you promise or over-deliver, but it will feel best when you really see and hear and understand each other. And that only comes when your values are aligned. If the, if the values are misaligned, even if you get sort of, oh, I officially got what I paid for, or I officially served what they paid for, it still won't feel as good as if you have that sort of human to human connection, which is really what it's all about. Absolutely. And you talked about transparency and I remember back in the day, right, when companies that were transparent were not the norm, you know, right. and now I feel like we expect it as consumers and it feels weird if if they're not transparent. So keeping that in mind, too, as a business owner, I think is just keep that front of mind is something that's important as well, because people do expect it. Yeah, that's what I think is really cool about anchoring your brand strategy in both values and audience is because they can influence each other. So you take a stand, you stand out, you attract certain people. That's awesome. And then the more people you attract or the more specific people you attract, the more they can help you evolve your business in the best way to serve them. So maybe you didn't realize that packaging your, your uh, garments in plastic was an issue. Well, if enough people from your audience who love what you're delivering and what you stand for make a stink about it, you can adapt and you can make zero waste um, part of your brand values. And that it's not something that you set out to do, but your audience was able to influence that change mm. and vice versa, right? Like you can also just in simply taking a uh, stand for what you believe in, um, it both attracts and repels who, who you want to attract and repel. So it's a really cool cycle. Businesses are going to evolve regardless. So it's great if you can anchor that evolution in something other than your own whims or like your lucky guesses, right? It's great if you can anchor it in, this is what I believe in and this is what my audience believes in. Let's find that happy middle and, and just dive deep. I like that. I love that too. I know people are probably listening going, what if I like F this up? What if I make a mistake? Can we talk them off the ledge a little that it's, it is okay to make a mistake? You know, you're not going to get it right a hundred percent of the time. And as long yeah. as you adapt in, in kind of. Yeah. And that's what having trust with your audience allows for, right? So if you are consistently showing up, consistently standing for the same values, consistently serving your audience in the way they want to be served, then 
forgiveness comes much more easily. Understanding comes much more easily um, because they understand that people make mistakes. And especially if you do show the human side of your business along the way, you, the founder, or your team behind the scenes, or whatever way you can make your brand more human-centric, both humanizing the brand, but then also keeping the humans you're serving at the center of your brand, the more you can build that that trust and that sort of mutual accountability, um, the easier it is to get through hiccups because yeah. they will happen. And the same, same with, I mean, refunds will happen potentially, uh, especially if you sell some sort of productized service or product, like you're, you're not going to nail everything always, which is so hard to accept for so many of us, but it doesn't signal any sort of failure, yeah. right? Failure would be not listening to the feedback and not adapting and not aiming to do better. Exactly. So I guess I am going to piggyback off of Kelly's huh. question or response. I knew. Um, yep. I see we're, we are like the dynamic duo. So we have this, like, <laughs> I, I guess I did know, like, what kind of process do you help use to help your clients get to where they need, they need to be when working with you? Yeah. So I have sort of three lengths of, of time that I work with people one-off, one-hour consulting calls. And that's really to either deep dive into an issue that's just like top of mind. Oh, my pricing and packaging. Oh, I'm super unclear on my audience persona, that sort of thing. Or man, I have all these ideas. I just need to talk through them, action plan them, sift through that sort of thing. So that's my sort of, I just need an hour of someone to help me brainstorm, action plan, problem solve, all that sort of thing. My sort of signature flagship way of working with people is a one day intensive. Mm. So it is all about that brand messaging strategy so that we really get clear on what are your values? Who is your audience? What is your brand statement? And what are those core, core messages that can be mixed and matched and smushed together and cut apart and repurposed into a million different content ideas and um, show up in your social bios and on your website copy and in all the things. The, the result of that is a brand messaging guide. And the process behind that is they receive, the, the client receives a um, pre-questionnaire. And it digs deep and sort of in a roundabout way too, right? It's not just like, what are your values? <laughs> if they knew that, they wouldn't need the process. Right, um, right. <laughs> so it's a bunch of reflection essentially. And they can sort of brain dump on there, write it all out. And then on the day of the intensive, we get on a call for an hour to two, depending on how chatty they are, or how deep they want to go. And we go through line by line what they wrote because so many people write differently than they speak mm. or they reflect on their own differently than they process out loud with someone else. Um, so I'll sort of tease out, what did you mean by this? Or, whoa, that is so, so interesting. Let's latch onto that. How can we dig deeper into that? At the end of that, I have a bunch of ideas and words that came directly from the founder's head and heart, right? And so then um, they go off and live their 
normal work day, they can either take a break or do their normal day to day. And I set to work distilling everything. Mm. So I am the filter of all the things that came out of the conversation and the pre-work. And I slate it into these different categories like, all right, here are your values. Here's how you can talk about them. Here are the core messages that you should be hitting on anytime you're on a podcast, anytime you're posting to social media, anytime you're in a networking group and you have to give your elevator pitch, that sort of thing. And then at the end of the day, we come back together for about an hour and we walk through again, line by line. Does this resonate with you? Is this something you would say? Um, How does this feel? And we go through use cases because I don't like the idea of strategy just living in someone's inbox for all of eternity Mm. and not being applied. There is no point in having an amazing strategy if you do not use that amazing strategy. So it's really all about use cases and alignment. And then um, after the intensive, um, two to four weeks, give them time to implement and sit on it. Um, We have a a consulting call, essentially one hour to talk through anything that came up, any issues that um, came with, oh, I wasn't able to apply this. Basically, I like to say that I give empathetic accountability. Mm. Um, just making sure that the strategy is actually moving them forward. So that is my process for really nailing down brand messaging strategy so that they have that foundation to then grow, grow their business and grow their impact. And then I have a longer 90 day one that starts with that and builds from there. That's awesome. So you don't just drop them off at the end of the day, you stick with them have them test drive it and make sure that it's, it feels right. So that's Mm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because strategy work can be overwhelming, Mm. you know, uh, it it can, or it can feel really good in the moment and then you don't know exactly what to do with it. And that is what I want to avoid. Um, so yeah, I love the idea of let's reflect deeply. Let's do that pie in the sky vision, but then let's implement. It's all about taking aligned action. You're completely aligned from <laughs> your wee days of working, you know, with the the nonprofits till now. Like, I feel like you've really figured it out. Like you are. I, I've known you now for really 40 minutes and <laughs> I know. You're, really, you're really authentically yourself. <laughs> like, I feel like your work that you do, you live it. And that's that's awesome. So kudos well, thank to you. you that's that. always so nice to hear. It's so hard to see that in yourself. Like that is why yep. you hire people like me and, and people like you, right? It's that outside perspective. So thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> that's awesome. What were you going to say, Mel? No, I, it, I was going to say a hundred percent agreed. Like I can just feel like your joy and like how much you enjoy serving people in this capacity. And, and I love how you handhold them through it because I know for myself, a lot of things that I've purchased through the years to help me like find my, you know, self or, you know, what's my purpose, blah, 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 again, blah, 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 but not really (laughs) blah, blah, blah. It's, it's in the inbox and you never to be seen again. So I love that you like check back in and make sure they're utilizing it. And that's just amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And um, where can people find you now? They're they're going to clamor. They're going to clamor. <laughs> so where <laughs> where can they find you if they're like, yeah, I need to get this done. 
I've been trying to work on this myself for months and you can do it in a day. Let's do this. Let's do this together. So where can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So probably the best place is my website, ashleysang.com. So Ashley with two E's and saying like saying a song. And um, I am also on Instagram at Ashley Sang Consulting and LinkedIn just under my name. And I'll also be including a freebie with you guys for your audience, um, for anyone who like wants to get a head start and just sort of what is this values work that we're talking about? And it also, so it has a sort of mini brand messaging template. And then it also comes with a consistency checklist to again, build in that accountability for yourself. We'll be including a link for that as well. Awesome. We'll put all of that in the show notes and all of Ashley's links and um, more information on how you can get in touch with her. And this was awesome. I, you know, I had a great time listening to what you do and really wrapping my head around it. Cause I, I feel like this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is like getting this part, right? So thank you so much. And I think it's a value valuable topic for, for listeners. And um, I appreciate it. Me too. And Ashley, I think Ashley. that you are, you know, incredible. And, and, and I love the idea. Something that I will implement too is, you know, putting that, adding that special touch about values-based signature line. Like, yeah, it's as simple as that, but, you know, dig deeper. I encourage everybody to dig deeper to learn more about this. Wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for having me. And I should note that that Ashley was a little Easter egg for her niece. Actually, <laughs> yes, Ashley, it was. So thank you. <laughs> don't get confused, everybody. So thank you very much. And again, we will be back uh, next week with another guest or not. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? You just never know when you come on this show. So uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Find us on Facebook and our Facebook group at the Business Managers Podcast Facebook group or online at mergioenterprises.com. And we will be back next week. Everyone enjoy your week. Bye. Did you enjoy today's episode? If you did, help us grow with a follow, rate, and review. Check us out online at mergioenterprises.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Mergio Enterprises. See you next week and tell your friends.